Can we give him a praise offering once here this morning, church family? Amen. You may be seated here this morning. So good to see you here on just a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Awesome presence here in God's house. Worship team, thank you. Amazing job. If you guys would bring Pastor Austin that song back, Waymaker, with that same energy here in just a few moments, that'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. I just really feel like God's going to use the word. He's already working in your hearts through the prayer. Michelle's right on target with where God is taking us, opening up our hearts and our minds. I believe if we'll really be sensitive to what God is speaking in our lives today here in the sanctuary, also online, that God's going to do work. I believe there's some breakthroughs available today if you want them. People set free from addiction. People set free from the things that's been bounding them down in their lives. Whatever oppression that may be, whatever that oppression may look like, uh, whether it's uh, just individuals' words that's been spoken over you, whether it's some type of substance abuse, whether it's something that just grabs a hold of you every day and distracts you of your time and what you should be doing, uh, God's going to set you free today if you'll just allow him to really minister to your life, and, and I thank God for that and just such an awesome presence here. Before I get into the message today, and it's, uh, again, it's a standalone message for this Sunday titled Set Apart by Grace. Before I get there, I just want to be able to share with you some exciting news this upcoming Saturday from 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock in Washington, D.C., beginning at the Lincoln Memorial, Franklin, Franklin Graham has orchestrated a, a prayer march there in our nation's capital. And I know that there will be many, many people that are going to be a part of that. Well, we are sending as ambassadors from our church, Kevin and Kelly Hutchins is going to be there uh, in person. Yeah, and so let's uh, thank God for that. Uh, the church has had the opportunity to be able to send them there, and so they're going to go this weekend and take part of that, and they're going to be praying alongside many brothers and sisters of all nationalities there on our nation's capital, praying for our nation, praying for hearts to be repentful, praying for our hearts to be humble, calling out to God because prayer moves the hand of God. We truly believe that, and so they're going to be taking part of that. They're also going to be meeting with Congress, Congressman Mark Wayne Mullins, chief of staff. We've got some questions put together just as how our church can be uh, a help in today's time and just several questions dealing with uh, the church and our nation and the state in which we're in. So they're going to be meeting with them. But then on Saturday from 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock, starting at that Lincoln Memorial, they will begin, I think it's 1.8 miles that they're going to be walking and they're going to be praying and uh, believing God uh, for just an awesome move here to take place. But here's what I'd like for us to do. We are able to send them, but I'd like for our church to be engaged with them. And so I'm asking you, now they're going to be, I think, D.C. what is an hour ahead of us. So we'll from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. So at 11 o'clock, if you are able to, I would like for you to find a place of your choice where the Holy Spirit would lead you and would you walk with them. So that might be your neighborhood. It might be your local school of choice. It may be uh, through downtown, through Coweta or Broken Arrow or the, or the town in which you represent. Uh, it may be coming here at church and just parking and walking around the campus and just walking around the church. It may be going to one of the beautiful parks in the area and just taking some time and walking in that park. What I pray that you do is that you will find a peaceful place where you're not distracted and you can just really allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in your prayer as you pray over our nation. 
Do you pray over our state, our local communities, and just in the hour in which we live, that there would be an incredible spiritual awakening that would take place, an awakening that sees people saved, coming back to Jesus Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, declaring and proclaiming uh, the relationship with Christ through water baptisms, healings and miracles, and just a move of God in just a powerful way that's drawing people to a place like they never have been in a relationship with Jesus. That's what we're hoping for. And so, uh, so I invite you to do that. Now, you may not walk the entire two hours. You may just go 1.8 miles. You may figure that out. However you feel led to do that, uh, I want to just leave that to you. But Michelle and I are going to join in during that time. We're going to be praying. And, and Kevin and Kelly, thanks for going. And uh, thanks for just being just you know, vulnerable and getting on that plane and going to D.C. and, and being there. We appreciate you so much. And uh, it's going to be, I think, I, I think there's significance in that church. It's not just something to do. It's not just lip service. It's significant when the church moves in such a manner. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity that we have before us. If you would, go ahead and open up your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read just a little bit right there. I'm going to be going to several different places. Obviously, you can follow along on the PowerPoint or there on version. But the title of the message is Set Apart by Grace. Church, I believe it is most important in the hour in which we live that we pay close attention and to be super sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking into our lives. I believe God is calling us to live at a new level of spiritual growth in five specific areas that I want to say to you this morning. Those areas are prayer, faith, courage, transformation, and the influence that you and I have on behalf of Jesus Christ. You see, I believe God desires for the church to live and to demonstrate a lifestyle that is set apart in a very distinctive way. What our culture needs right now is not just more words, not just more rhetoric, not just more things such as that, but it needs a group of people, individuals that look a little bit different, that look quite a bit different, that are set apart in a good way, living lives that shine, living lives that present joy, living lives that present truth, living lives that present hope. And I believe God is calling the church to rise up and be those people. You see, I believe it's time for every single one of us as believers to embrace the life that God has called us to live in Christ, a life that is a holy life, a life in Christ that reflects the very character of God, a life that is saved by grace and transformed by the working and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, I know this, we are all saved by grace, but we are all a work in progress, and every single day, the Holy Spirit is changing who we are, Amen. Renewing our minds, renewing our focus, helping us with the words that we speak, helping us with the way we carry ourselves, the places we go, the things that we're involved with, the way that we debate with others, the way that we speak with others. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to live a life of holiness in the very nature of Jesus Christ. Scripture is clear, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Before Christ was our Lord and our Savior, we were living every moment for ourselves. And when we were living for ourselves, we probably got in a lot of different types of trouble because we were trying to feed that selfishness inside of us. The scripture says we didn't know any better then. 
but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Now, I know that that is a pretty powerful word. And even when I speak that word, much like last week when I talked about eternity and heaven and hell, you know, holiness, that word can simply land heavy on some people's lives because they hear that word and they say, oh, there's no way that I can even attempt to be holy. And pastor, don't even go there because I'm not even sure that's where the church is at today because we are way past that thought. Can I tell you, we are not past the thought of living in the holiness of Jesus Christ. Today, the church needs to rise up and take on that nature of God himself. That's what the scripture says. Now, Peter here, he is speaking to the believers about Christian living. When you go and look at his letter, he's talking about that daily lifestyle and how to carry yourself and hold yourself in Christ. So he quotes from Leviticus. Now, he does this because not to place the people and the church, the new believers, back under the old law, but to give them power over Satan through the written word to help them to understand and embrace what Christ was doing inside their life. You have to remember with me, the new church... They did not have the whole entire scripture as you and I have. They had the Old Testament scripture and they understand what those scriptures meant. So he points them back to that because he wants them to see that nature of God that's living inside of them through Jesus Christ. He quotes from Leviticus chapter 11, verse number 44, where the scripture says, For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Now, the call to live a holy life, and I want you to hear me this morning, here in person, everyone online that's with me, I want you to hear this. The call to live a holy life is not a call to live under Old Testament laws and a list of rules, but it is a spiritually natural response to what God is doing in your life, in Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, the written word, it's given to us, Old Testament and New Testament, it's given to us to help us have understanding and wisdom and power to defeat any deception that would keep us from living a genuine and a true life of holiness in Christ. Now, just for a moment, let's look at this word holy. Let's define it. In the Hebrew, the word is kadesh. It means a sacred place, consecrated. In the Greek, in the New Testament writing, it is hagios, which means sacred or consecrated. The holiness of God revealed in the Old Testament, it is presented as something as being unique, set apart from any other thing, undefiled, pure in every way. That same concept is carried over into the New Testament as God's grace transforms the life of every single believer in Christ. When we really study out this word, what we understand is holy simply means to be set apart. To be set apart. And so when we understand that, we understand that God is placing something inside of us that sets us apart from the ways of the world and the ways of an unbelieving culture. When Jesus Christ comes into your life and the Holy Spirit is deposited inside of you, there is God's holiness alive within you to help you to be set apart in your mind and your thinking and who you are becoming in Christ. We know the scripture says much about God and his holiness. 
Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. A question is asked. It says, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in your glorious deeds? You are doing wonders. Who is like that? And the answer, no one. There is no one as holy as God. Psalm 77, 13. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any other God? Is there anyone, anybody, even being, any created thing that is holy as you are? The answer to that is absolutely not. Nothing compares to the holiness of God. We go on in Psalms 99, verse number 5, and it says, Exalt the Lord our God. Bow low before his feet. Why? Because he and he alone is holy. We can go to the very end of our holy scriptures, into the revelation, into the vision that was given to John, and it says this, And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are all your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. Now, that's a powerful statement there, and you need to understand that. For you alone are holy. The nations, they will come and worship before you for your righteous deeds. They have been revealed. Now, that's just a snapshot view of Scripture proclaiming the holiness of God. And what these Scriptures reveal to us, all of them, they represent that where God is present... Where God is present, wherever that may be, holiness will always accompany him. For holiness in itself can never be absent from God. Where he is, there is holiness. I want you to consider this powerful illustration that we find in the Old Testament. Many of you know the story well. It's of Moses before he went and led the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And this is God preparing him while he's out in the wilderness. And God speaks to him and grabs his attention. Exodus chapter 3, these six verses, verse number 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jephro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses, he stared in amazement as we all would. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it wasn't consumed at all. It did not burn up. This is amazing. This is miraculous is what Moses was thinking to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must get closer. I must go see what is happening and is taking place. So when the Lord saw that Moses was coming closer to take a look, God calls to him. The scripture says from the middle of that bush saying, Moses, Moses, speaking his name, knows everything about him, knows the plan, knows the purpose, knows the call that he's placed upon his life, preparing him, needing him to hear what was coming up for his life. Moses replies, here I am. The Lord says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, when Moses heard this, he realizes what's happening here, and he covers his face because he was afraid to look at God. He understood the holiness that was all around him. Now, church, think with me. Moments before all this happened, this place, this bush, here in the desert, here in the wilderness, it was just a bush. It was just a wilderness, and it was just dirt and rocks and gravel. There was really nothing special about this certain place. The only thing 
The only thing that made this place special is when God chose to use it to speak to Moses. The only reason the dirt became holy and the bush was not consumed by the flame, the only reason this became a sacred, consecrated, set-apart place is because God's presence showed up. And when God's presence showed up, it changed everything. That was the difference here of this place being transformed. Now, I want you to think about the significance of that taking place and what it means for you and I today. Because God's character, his holiness is now at work in our lives because of the relationship that you and I have with Jesus Christ and because the Holy Spirit has been deposited inside of us. In other words, when we believed... And when we accepted the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and when we repented of our sins, and we asked him to be our Lord and our Savior, guess what happened? God showed up. And when God showed up and he placed the Holy Spirit inside of you, there was a holiness that you could not earn. There was a holiness that you could not somehow figure out. There was a holiness that was given to you by God's grace because where God's presence is, holiness cannot be absent. And so that holiness now, being set apart, that thought of being transformed, that thought of being changed, that thought of being consecrated, sanctified, set apart, and in just an incredible way, that is happening because God is in your life. Because of Jesus. Think about that. Now you're thinking, Pastor, that is really an awesome thought. But man, that is landing like a 747 on top of me right now because to think that I've got to walk in such a way is incredibly a huge thought. I want you to hang with me this morning, okay? Get the title of the message. You are set apart not because of anything that you can do. You are set apart because of God's grace at work inside of your life. So if God can do all things, God can certainly transform you. He can set you free. He can give you a breakthrough. He can remove those addictions in your life. All those things that grab a hold of you and tend to tie you down and keep you from being all that God has purposed you to be, he can do an incredible transforming work in your life if you allow him to move so in such a manner. Amen? It's only by his grace, and it comes through Jesus Christ. Hebrews tells us, chapter 7, verse 23, there were many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in their office. But because of Jesus, because he is eternal, because he is God, because he lives forever, his priesthood will last forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf, always interceding on our behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy, because he is blameless, because there's no other priest like that. There's no other individual like that. There's no other creative being like that. Only God himself can be holy, and Jesus is God. So Jesus, our Lord and Savior, holy and blameless, unstained by sin, he has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. So because Jesus is set apart from sin and evil, I'm here to tell you this morning that every believer, you and I, we are set apart in the same manner because of God's grace working in our life through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, I actually wrote here down. Wait a minute, Pastor, let's stop for a moment. You may have asked that. I'm going to act as though you did. 
Pastor, doesn't grace, though. It's in your message. I've seen it. I zoomed in on it. When I saw that message, that title, I was like, woo, that's for me this morning. Doesn't grace mean I can live however I want because God covers all my failures all the time. I'm going to stand before you this morning and say not at all. Such a thought is a false narrative of a distorted gospel. Grace gives you the ability to be transformed into living a life for Christ as the Holy Spirit works within you each and every day. Grace is the open door for you to know God in a personal way. Grace is the open door into heaven. Grace is the open door to Jesus Christ. Grace is the open door to the Holy Spirit. And to say that your life is not going to be transformed once Christ lives inside of you is to negate the power of the cross because Jesus went to the cross not only to save you, but also that your life would be transformed in the power of who he is. Amen. Now certainly, certainly, let's stop here. You will not walk in perfection. Too many of us have misunderstood holiness. We've made it a set of rules, of do's and don'ts. Some have even ventured out to make it a set of what you wear, whether you have facial hair or not, whether your sleeves are long or not, whether you wear a dress, whether you wear pants, what you listen to, what you watch, what you don't watch, what you don't listen to, and it's made it this big list of rules. Now, certainly I'm not out to offend anyone at all, but I don't believe that's what grace is. I believe grace is something that comes inside of your life and it transforms you and it changes you. Just like it talks about in Romans chapter 12. Pastor Matt, you did a beautiful job a couple of weeks ago bringing us to Romans chapter 12. One of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible because the first 11 chapters of Romans, it's talking about doctrine and theology and being saved by grace and transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament and to being saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And then Romans chapter 12, it is that pivotal chapter that says, okay, now that you're saved by grace and you believe that and understand that, now let it transform your life. That's what it talks about. And so we understand that when Jesus comes into our lives, it truly transforms who we are. And it sets us apart in an incredible way from the ways of an unbelieving world. Now, church, before anyone would say, hey, but pastor, I'm just not sure that's for the New Testament church today. Can I tell you, God calls us to live lives that are set apart. He calls us. That's, That's what the work of the Holy Spirit is. Every single one of us are a work in progress, right? Every single one of us, we won't be perfect. We'll get it wrong. We'll get it wrong with our words. We'll get it wrong sometimes the places we go and the things that we see and the way that we act. We will get it wrong at times, but thank God we are a work in progress, saved by grace. In other words, we don't just wake up with this flippant attitude that I'm gonna live however I want to live because I go to a cool, uh, a cool small group in a rocking church. I can live however I want to the rest of the week. That's not Christianity at all. Christianity is waking up each day, putting your mind on Christ and saying, okay, God, let's give this another shot today. It's not saying, oh, I can do whatever and live out. Too many Christians walking today looking at all the reasons why they can sin instead of looking all the why the reasons they can be set apart. Right? Now, some of you are really with me and some of you are like, I want you to live your best life possible in Christ. 
I want you to live your best life possible receiving his blessings, your prayers being answered, your mind being at peace, your body being healthy and whole, your spiritual outlook being your main outlook, your spiritual life being what drives you and what you do in your relationships with one another, how you are engaged in the church, how you are engaged in the community, how you are engaged in the toxic culture in which we live today. I want your spiritual being be the part, part of you that drives you and who you are, and that takes a transformed life. Now, again, God calls us to be set apart. Yes, we can see Leviticus. I go back there in 19, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, this is what he said of the people here in the Old Testament. Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. Be holy. And he says it two or three times in Leviticus, because I, the Lord your God, I'm holy. We go over to Deuteronomy, still in the Old Testament, chapter 14, verse 2. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God. He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. And sometimes, yeah, that's right, Pastor, Old Testament, that was good. That was good for them. And then I go back to Romans 12, verse 1. New Testament, new believers. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you, your whole being. Pastor Matt taught us that, your whole being. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is the truly way to worship him, to serve him, to live out your life each day. Ephesians, Paul writes to the church, chapter 1, verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 7, Paul writes, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, even tells us, work at living at peace with everyone, work at living this holy life, strive to do that. For those who are not holy, in other words, for those who have not accepted this grace, accepted this transformed life, this life that has been changed by the power of God, those people truly won't see the Lord because they've accepted a distorted gospel, not the truth. The call to being set apart to take on that holiness of God of what he's placed inside of you. It's very evident in scripture. And we should not allow that word to overwhelm us or cause us to be fearful. But we should allow it to really want us to be engaged and embrace what God is doing because we have the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, church, we understand being set apart. It's not about doing things on our own but it's about being transformed by God's grace in Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful that over the years, God has helped me to step out of trying to do things on my own and help me to respond to the grace that God has given me. As a young man, when I really began to try to to understand the Lord, and I was not praying as I should. I was not reading as I should. Mainly, I was just listening to my pastor and my small group leader, and that's about it. And you got to do more than that, amen? you got to read it and pray and allow God to, to get it inside of your life. Not that they were teaching me anything wrong, because they were showing me God's way. But for so long, I would just kind of live with this heaviness when it came to my faith because I made it more about what not to do than about just living in Christ. I love that phrase, just in Christ. I've come to understand that so much more over the years. I made it about what I shouldn't do. Don't go here, don't do this, don't say that, don't watch this, don't hang around these type of people. And I had all of this just in my mind, and so it really, 
as I look back now, I didn't see it clearly then, but I see more clear now. I would be frustrated because I wanted to be around my friends, but yet I couldn't partake in some of the things that they were choosing to partake in because I knew that wasn't of God at all. But then I'd go to church and I'd feel like this, you know, hypocritical being and I didn't want to live in hypocrisy. I didn't want to sit on the front row and worship the Lord if there was something truly wrong inside of me. So I was placing all this condemnation. I was placing all this heaviness. I was placing all these rules and I didn't really understand it. But I got to tell you, the time came when I began to understand in Christ, I'm saved by grace. There is nothing, nothing, nothing nothing that this old boy could ever do to ever deserve what God has given him. But if I would have just embraced, embraced the grace shown to me, the forgiveness, the love, the mercy, and start focusing on what he has for my life and said I wouldn't, shouldn't be doing in my life, when I started doing that, boy, the transformation really began to take place. Because then your mind starts to be at peace. You're not walking in frustration. And even, even when you're really walking in such a way, I, you know, I was angry about certain things. I had that anger inside of me. But man, when you begin to be transformed by grace, boy, it just really lifts that heaviness. I love Romans 12 because it changes your mind. It renews your mind. It renews that spirit inside of you. And then as you're understanding that grace, What's happening is your life is starting to look different than what it used to look because that grace at work is setting you apart. So those words, that vocabulary, they begin to change. That vulgarness begin to leave. Those addictions that on to you, they were breaking up. All of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute. I, I wouldn't even plan on not doing those certain things today because you didn't want to because the spirit inside of you was saying, no, I'm not taking you down that path anymore. So for me, sometimes when I look in scripture and it talks about you know, putting on that new set of clothes and taking off when you get into Colossians, sometimes we look at that as being the quick change. You know, you run in like the old Superman movies where you run in and you change real quick and then you run out and all is good. To me, taking off is probably, it is a work in progress. It takes a little bit of time. It's like you're going into the closet with Jesus and it's going to take some time, you know, as you, you, know, you pick out what he's placing for you to wear that day. And so little by little, that old lifestyle, that, the, those old things that held on to you, those things are breaking off. And now what's happening, you begin to look quite a bit different. Your, your countenance, your smile, your words, and you're able to shine, and you're able just to, be set apart from an unbelieving world more than ever, even if the world doesn't want it. The world needs to see a group of people, believers in Christ, that are set apart from all the ill filth and unbelief and the toxic things of this world. And that's going to happen when the church goes back to God and says, God, here I am doing me whatever it is you need to do. Psalm 51, create in me, O God, a pure heart. God, a pure mind. Again, there is nothing that we can do, and I'm not asking you to walk in perfection. I'm asking you to walk in Christ because that's where you will find a true, true genuine, set-apart life. I love what Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 9, because it's like it says my entire message just here in a few sentences. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan 
from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. He's called us to be set apart. And that's only going to happen if we live in Christ. It's time for us to return to that. Amen. It's time for us to return to that, allowing God to work in our lives. More than ever, our young people, our young adults, this culture is wrestling with so many things. And I know not everyone will receive this well, but I believe this culture, the church culture, has cheapened the grace of God because we've misunderstood it and we've ran with an idea that's really not truth. We've ran with this idea that you are not transformed in any way. You just keep being saved, walking in grace, and nothing changes. Can I tell you, everything changes when Jesus Christ becomes the Lord and Savior of your life. I don't know about you, but I'm a different person than what I was before Jesus Christ. Changed, changed by the power of God. In Christ, we can certainly live a set-apart life, set apart from living a false truth and a lifestyle that this world represents, set apart for the ways of God. I wrote here in my notes to love him, to worship him, to serve him, for his purpose and and plan to be fulfilled in and through our lives. Set apart to receive his blessings, to receive his protection and his provision, and to be the chosen people that he's called us all to be. And who's a part of that? Anyone who would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. No one's left out. No one's left out. Regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your nationality, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your political belief. Regardless of whoever you are, no one is left out from being a child of God if you would choose to accept the grace that's been demonstrated to you. Living a life set apart, I believe it's obtainable and I believe it is very much needed. Again, the issue at hand, I believe, one of the struggles that we have is that culture just hasn't understood what God's grace truly does. I think we've taken it for granted and it's time to get back under that umbrella of truth that says this is what God's grace does inside of you. You know, no matter what we try to say or do or how much we try to, you know, negate the power of God, it is not going to take away the truth that when you are truly saved in Christ that your life will change. I wrote it like this. To say one's life does not change after accepting Christ as Lord and Savior it completely works against the truth of being renewed and transformed. Think with me. You get through the Gospels. You get through the book of Romans. You get through the book of Acts. And you begin to get to all the letters that were written to the church. A big portion of those letters to the church is about transformed Christian living. It's so powerful. Scripture upon Scripture teaches us, guides us in how we can be set apart in Christ. You see, when Christians underestimate and neglect the truth of living a life being set apart by grace, not only does the church lose its influence, I believe our communities lose an avenue of hope that is very much needed. And even though they're not screaming out that they need it, can I tell you, our communities need the hope and the truth of Jesus Christ. Why the prayer march? Because our nation needs the hope and the truth of Jesus Christ. Look at all the things that are distracting us. Look at all the things that are trying to divide us. 
Look at all the subjects at hand. We get focused on whether athletes are standing or not, what they're saying, what they're wearing. We get focused on all kinds of different things that get our minds to a place of where we get angry and where we get frustrated. We, we get focused on whether to wear a mask or whether not to wear a mask. I would have never thought I would live in a time where wearing a mask would divide people's friendships. It's time to return back to the nature of what Christ has placed inside of us. Hope and joy and life and peace and blessing and power and purpose in his plan and Jesus working inside of our lives. All of those issues are very real. We get focused. I had an incredible conversation just recently with a very good friend of mine. We were talking about racism in America. And can I tell you, if you are a believer in Christ, you should not be a racist in any form or in any measure because all men and women are created equal in Jesus Christ. No matter of where we come from, no matter the color of our skin, no matter what language we were first brought into, no matter who we are, we are all children of God. I know the issues are real. I know it's heavy. I know it's toxic. I know you've got your ideas and your thoughts. Do not let anything come before who you are in Christ. He will guide you in those ways, in those conversations. That's what living in holiness and set apart is. Doesn't mean we don't have a voice. You heard me, you hear me say that all the time. Because you have a voice but you have a voice that is set apart. So your reasoning is in Christ. Your truth is in Christ. And yes, your truth might not be accepted, but if it's in Christ, you're on the right place, right? I certainly don't agree with a lot of things that are said and done, but I know one thing I certainly do agree with, and that is the truth of Jesus Christ. And that in his grace, I am transformed and I can walk with him. When we accept Jesus, we're saved by grace, and he begins to set us apart in a very unique and powerful way. I'm going to bring you back to my first statement. God is calling us to live at a new level of spiritual growth in prayer, in faith, in courage, in transformation, and in influence. And if we'll let that be our focus we'll be headed in the right direction. Amen. When you pray this Saturday, I've just brought out just a few topics and those topics in themselves can be very heated topics to get people going. But with all the topics and all the toxic things that are happening, all the lies and deception and all the lines that are being drawn, let's pray that our heart will be in the right place and that God will put us in a place where we can have healthy conversation, healthy dialogue, where we can walk in truth, where we can be hope and where we can be joy. Forgive me, I've got to get my little snot rag. Sorry, I didn't know what else to call it. Handkerchief, that's probably a proper word. Let's be on the side that Jesus wants to be upon. Let's be set apart by his grace, amen. Father, I thank you for my church family and all my friends here today. Wow, what an awesome word that has just really, Father, stirred us within. And Lord, I pray that this word does one thing, and that is, Father, Lord, it gets people to a place 
where they're really, Father Lord, in dialogue with you on how you're working in their lives. It's about you and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. Father Lord, I know, I believe the church can come back to you in a powerful way. I believe that God, that, that even with all of our, even with all the things that are dividing and causing strife and just a lot of junk, I pray, Father Lord, I pray over the church. Your word proclaims the gates of hell will not prevail over the church. We will not fall asleep. We will not fall to the wayside. We will not try to stand as a divided house. But in Christ, together, we will be set apart by the very nature of God at work inside of us calling us, Father Lord, to be healthy and whole in our words, in our actions. Father Lord, as we move forward, we want to move forward every step with you. I pray over every single one of my friends and family in the sanctuary, everyone that's watching online. Father, everyone who would hear this message, may your word, your word, be alive inside of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Congregation, if you would, just give me another second here. I in this thought of being holy and set apart. I think sometimes people get it wrong because they think we're talking, we're here and everybody else is here. But I want to help to correct that thinking. What it really means to walk with Christ is that everybody else is here and really you're here. Humble, servant, attitude of Jesus. What can I do to lift up? What can I do to encourage? What can I do to show compassion? What can I do to show mercy? What can I do to show love? What can I do to show kindness? What can I do to show gentleness? What can I do to help build a bridge from your heart to Christ so your life can be transformed from the power of God? To live set apart doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. To live set apart simply means that I'm walking in Jesus Christ because the world is here trying to get ahead in every way possible. But we're just here trying to say, Lord, help us, help us show the world the love of Jesus Christ. So please don't take this message and think, oh, we're here. Because no, that's not where we're supposed to be. We're servants. We're humble. We're walking with God. Amen. Man, I love you guys. I hope that word, I don't know how it's going to land. I really don't know how it's going to land. But I trust the Lord that it'll land right if we'll allow him to, to land it. Amen. Would you stand with me? If you're here today and you're at a place in your life where you know without question that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a second. If that's you, I want you to respond. When I give the opportunity, I want you to respond, and we're going to pray with you, and we're going to pray over you. As we say that prayer, after that, I'm going to invite everybody, if you want to come to these altars, if you want to cry out before the Lord, if you want to stand, if you want to kneel or sit back down, whatever it is you want to do, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in this moment. Everybody online, whatever the Holy Spirit's asking you to do, just do it right there in your home, right there where you're at, as you begin just to seek the Lord. If you would, bow your heads just once more. If you're here today, 
and you know without question that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you need to return to him, would you put your hands straight up because I just want to be able to pray with you right where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come up here or do anything else. I'm just going to pray with you right now. Thank you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Is there anybody else here this morning? Say, today's my day. I've gotten it all wrong and I'm ready to walk in the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any others here this morning? Any others here this morning? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Any others? I just want to make sure I'm able to pray with every single one. Amen. Church, would you say this prayer with me as an encouragement to those who are accepting Jesus? Lord Jesus, I believe and I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Forgive me of all my sin. Help me each day to walk with you, to understand you, to grow in your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for the work taking place inside of me, for I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give him a praise offering here this morning? Amen. Amen. We can live this life. We can live it without heaviness. We can live it without it being a big, huge burden. We can live it without anger and frustration. We can walk in this Christian life in God's grace in a powerful and a joyful way. And I pray that every single one of you choose to do that. Amen.